If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. For all new and current subscribers, welcome back to Resilient Love. Resilient is being able to overcome difficult situations. This podcast is about love, love, tips tips on on life, life, and how to level up in your business. Let's Let's get get started started on the journey. journey. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Resilient Love. I am one of your hosts, Brianna Baker. And your other host, Quentin Baker. And today, we actually have a question from one of our listeners. The question is, think about weathering the pandemic. What are some lessons that come from it? How does it relate back to the Bible? Thank you so much to our listener for this question. So when you think about that, what are your thoughts when it comes to the pandemic first, before we get into the biblical aspect? Just what are some lessons that you got from the pandemic? Um, Lessons. Yeah, so many lessons. So the first lesson I got was Sometimes you just need to go and be still. You need to take a season and be still and be quiet. Mm -hmm. And you will really catch the revelation God has for you. Mm -hmm. Um, This was a a moment where we were forced to literally have the words stay home order. Literally. And and my my quick lesson is that, you know, I love Quentin's lesson. My lesson is actually literally related to health. <laughs> I did not realize, like real talk, guys, did you really recognize how many germs we encounter every day? I mean, really, we encounter a lot of germs that back in January, February, and early March, we did not give two flips about them germs. <laughs> people were not washing their hands. People, I mean, I'm just saying, like, let's keep it real with each other. Some people were not doing proper hygiene. And then when the pandemic hit, it forced you, individuals, as a country, as a people, right, to be more cautious. So for me, my little reminder or lesson would be, you know, be be mindful of what's around you. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't know what you could attract. There are people around you. Let me take it spiritual. There are some things around you that if you don't clean your hands, if you don't, you know, the Bible says you got to have clean hands and a pure heart. What God was saying in that scripture reference is that you got to come to him, come to him as you are, correct? But also, you need to have clean hands and a pure heart, as in whatever's not right, whatever you've been dealing with, whatever 
unclean spirits you've been interacting with in the spirit realm let the blood of god wash over you in the natural if you've been touching a lot of devices and touching a lot of doorknobs and you know hee hee ha ha you started coughing somebody was coughing around you you know what i'm saying you need to sanitize your atmosphere sanitize your hands clean up so that you won't be infected or affected by things around you yeah and just to kind of stem for the pandemic and just being clean, mm-hmm. more clean, I look at it from the internal. Mm-hmm. Um, we were all forced to do some internal cleaning. So Very we, true. we had to sterilize and sanitize our heart from places that we had been distracted. Husbands and marriage, husbands and wives had to literally deal with one another. Children and parents had to literally deal with one another. So, and there's always a negative to the positive of dealing because there was an influx of domestic violence. And I mean, I know we we're not trying to negate or, or take away from the positive, but we do understand. There's a pro and con to everything, but this is just our thoughts. But the thing is about that is sometimes that's the only way things can be dealt with. It's it's sad that it has to do that, but at the end of the day, it takes responsibility to to, just deal with stuff. Yeah, yeah. And either either you will deal with it or it will deal with you. That that should be everybody's quote for 2020. If you don't deal with it, it will truly deal with you. That's good, babe. That's um, good. It's just, it's unfortunate that it took a whole pandemic. A whole pandemic. And so many casualties. I look at this as like a time of war. Mm-hmm. So many casualties had to, you know, lose their life for people to really, truly understand that. How fortunate they are, first of all. Just grateful for life. Yeah, grateful for life. And and life without suffering. It's so many people that had to suffer before they left this earth due to this pandemic. Man, yeah. And um, We're going to take a moment of silence for those people. Amen. It's, It's tough, and our hearts go out to the families because... We ourselves, you know, had individuals in our family to contract or get COVID, but they were able to overcome and be healed. And and even just people we generally know. Yeah. A lady that I follow and I respect, she contracted and had it for 11 days, but she was able to come out of it. It was so many individuals that came out on Facebook. Yeah, and I had that didn't tell people, but they had it. I never would have thought I would see so many pastors contracting COVID and passing at one time. Yeah, it was an influx up north for sure. And I don't, you know, it is so unfortunate, and I really don't have the words for it. But all I can say is. You, you know, we, we do, we go from the old way of saying, um, pastor, pray for me. Mm -hmm. And that's good. 
But sometimes you will get put in a position where you have to pray for yourself and the well-being of others. Yeah. Like, what do you do when you have to assume some of the responsibility? And I'm not saying just the pastors that lost their lives, but leaders in the church or in business that have had to step back because of this issue, but also force others to move forward and move up. Mm. I see what you're saying there. I see what you're saying. There are moments where even the leader had to take a step back mm-hmm. for others to step up. Had the lead, had the situation not occurred, it really wouldn't have pushed those in the background to come forward. Right. There will never be a challenge. If you don't gain something out of a challenge, it didn't change you. It didn't change you. And, and uh, transformation can't truly take place. Yeah, that's the theme at our church. Transformation, change the way you see it, 2020. And I'm telling you, this pandemic has taught us and literally shifted our lenses to see life through Christ, to really see life that we got to pray for our brother or sister. We have to provide for our brother or sister, you know, because there were moments where people literally could not come out of their house. And so the elderly needed assistance. Even those who, you know, just didn't have the means to drive, you were providing them with the necessary things they had. Children who were relying on school lunches, the schools had to step up and provide those lunches in their homes. Like, people had to really come together. You really saw community, even through this pandemic. Yeah, I think I think one way to look at it is don't miss the promise in the pandemic. Yeah. Um, there's just, there's never a moment where you, you don't go through a challenge or a storm or storms before you elevate to the next level. Mm-hmm. Reason being, oftentimes it's so that you can maintain that next level. Mm-hmm. And um, just, you know, you it's hard to look. And you have to look at life with a different set of lenses or you will really go into a distress. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at everything like why, 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 you know, you, you got to find purpose. The whys bring woes. So anytime you ask why, it brings a level of woe, a level of worry, a level of, as he already stated, distress, because you're putting yourself in a state of confusion. Mm-hmm. Anytime you ask why, you're not clear. Now, it's not an issue for a person to ask why. Why is a great question. However, you don't want to let the question of why put you in a state of confusion. You have to utilize what you go through, what you experience as a, as a way to uh, more so develop reflective thinking versus victim thinking or, or, or worry type thinking. Okay. So again, with this pandemic, it, it literally brought out some health concerns, right? But this pandemic also brought out some racial and social concerns. I know we all have seen the media. I know it's not a secret. Guess what? Even before the pandemic hit in March, 
there was no secret that there were some issues of color. Well, like I said, or like we both have said and elaborated on, you got to see the purpose in the pandemic. You got to see the promise in the pandemic. And, uh, look, I mean, granted, there, there's always been casualties, even in the Bible. Somebody had to get sacrificed. But it's up to the people. What do you do after the sacrifice has been made? What are you going to do? You know, and it's unfortunate, but it's wrong. I almost feel like, I feel like we done took a trip to the zoo. So we finally talking about the elephants in the room. There's no more hiding. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the thing. When you play a game of hide and seek and you find the person, what do you do next? You just turn around and play hide and seek again. <laughs> right. And so that's the thing we're trying to say this on this podcast. Like the pandemic has exposed that we've been playing this game of hide and seek so long that we truly never found ourselves. Mm, when you said the word exposed, the pandemic has exposed. Think about the it. hidden things. It has exposed in different ways. It has exposed what's been broken. It has exposed you to things your immune may have not been used to. It just has exposed this world for what it really is. <laughs> and see, that's the thing. And and to go back to the viewer's question, listener's question, you know, it was also asked to us to, you know, relate it back to the Bible. You know, related back to what does God say about this situation or what what do we believe God is saying about the situation? And for me, I I was just telling Quentin this, you know, I look at the pandemic through the eyes of the disciples while they were on the boat with Jesus. Right. And the boat was rocking. The water had got really heavy. The storm was really raging. And Jesus was asleep on the boat. Now, this is the Ebonics version of the Bible, okay? But we still <laughs> going to give it to you right because I'm not trying to take Jesus' words out of context, but stay with you, girl. So basically, Jesus was on the boat asleep. The disciples were up, awake, right? Or if they were asleep, the, the rocking of the boat woke them up, okay? So now you, you have disciples up like, Jesus, Jesus, we going through. Jesus, the boat is rocking. We're in the middle of the storm. Jesus is on the boat with us, but we're scared. Mm -hmm. Jesus is on the boat with us, right? You have the Messiah. You have the Savior. You have the great I am on the boat with you, but you're scared. What do you do when you have the answer on the boat? Mm. What do you do when you're in the middle of a pandemic? And guess what? Because of the fact that nobody really knew what was going on, all you knew was, I'm a little scared out here. But guess what? The answer was on the boat, even with us, as we were sailing through the waves of this pandemic. So I relate that to that scripture reference to say this much right here. Jesus, when he was awoken by the disciples, he was basically telling them, like, oh, yeah, a little faith. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, Jesus was like, y'all didn't believe that I was going to keep you through this storm. Y'all didn't believe that I was, like, right here with you. And so Jesus literally stretched his hand out over the water and said, peace, be still, and the storm ceased. I'm just here to tell you guys, yep, and I'm just here to tell you guys that there, the storms that are raging in your life, Jesus is on the boat with you. Jesus is literally rocking with you, okay? You rocking to the left, he rocking to the left. You rocking right, he rocking right. But but he's trying to test your faith. That's what the test was. It wasn't a test of, you know, is he? do he know what's going on? Is he really with you, girl? The test is, do you believe, excuse me, you guys, do you believe in the great I am that he's rocking with you? through whatever storm you're facing in your life. And so I just, it's just comforting for me to know that when I was on the rocky waves of this world, Jesus was right there with me. And I can tell you this, he told the storm to cease. Thank God for the Ebonics version of his word. (laughs) Well, think that is a very good point and I really do um the way the way I saw it the way I saw the pandemic it made me think about um Noah and the ark and um I feel like you know, as we were talking earlier, Bree, like you were saying, we have to remember that before the pandemic really got hit hard in the U.S., it was over in China, like January. So while we, basically, while we were celebrating New Year's Eve and New Year, China was already facing its challenges. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there were... China was literally in the eye of the storm. You know what I mean? And as a country, we didn't take it seriously. Kind of like the people didn't understand why Noah was building the ark. Mm-hmm. So, you know, fast forward to March, things got real. Mm-hmm. The numbers continued to climb. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, and I still feel like this, I feel like we are the Noahs of today. You are commanded to build your ark. And when I say ark, I mean your home, your foundation. Build your home. Fill your home with peace. Fill your home with God. Fill your fill your heart. And you can weather the storm because COVID is not over. The mm-hmm. pandemic is not over. So many people are going back to business as usual. It's not over. God forbid we have a second wave, but the potential is there. Mm-hmm. And this is a good time to build your art so that your mind doesn't go left because you feel your home, you feel your mind, you feel your heart with what? God's word. Mm-hmm. And the scripture that I found was about preparing, which is Proverbs 21 
and 31, the horse is prepared against the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. And when you go to the message, for the sake of clarity, it says, do your best, prepare for the worst, then trust God to bring victory. In this situation, we have no choice but to trust God. They can, they can create every COVID test they want. They can create every vaccination. But this thing is new. This is foreign to us. All we can do is trust God. And it brings me to the other point of it's almost, it's, it's, the Bible is so prophetic. Every tongue shall confess and every knee shall bow. We have seen more kneeling happening lately than we ever have before. Mm-hmm. That's right. Because those knees are bound. That's right. Now the tongue has got to confess. Yes. That Jesus Christ is Lord of all. And that's the thing, guys. Like I, I really love quick scripture reference. And if you want to go back and reference mine, it's in Mark 4. Um, specifically, Mark 4. Chapter, oh yeah, chapter Mark four verses thirty eight through forty. So if you want to go back and check my references, Mark four verses thirty eight through forty. And what was your reference? You said Psalm, I mean Proverbs. Proverbs twenty one and thirty one. So if you want to check out these two references, check them out. Put them in your heart and help them. Let them remind you that God is with us in this battle. And guess what? Trust God. That's what both of these scriptures are reminding us. And I forgot the specific number, but I remember a minister actually saying how many times in the scripture Jesus said, trust him. Truly throughout the Bible, God has literally given us tests of trust, tests of faith. Because he wants to build up your endurance that he, that literally you don't fear. That's what Jesus is trying to build up in us. He's not trying to build worry in us. He's not trying to build like fear. He's trying to literally build faith in us. Every test and trial that you experience in your life, the pandemic, the social and emo- uh, social and racial injustices, the issues that you might face in your home or your job, these are tests to build your faith. Jesus is not trying to tear you down, but guess what? If you feel torn down, God is truly going to build you back up even stronger. Even stronger. This moment reminds me of um, an old mentor of mine said, you know, one of the business practices should be, uh, it was just an, uh, one level of advice, which was take an inspirational quote or take something inspirational, write it on a sticky note. Stick it on the dashboard of your car. If you got to put three to four, if you got to fill your dashboard up on a weekly basis, because what you put in your mind is what will come out. Mm-hmm. As our pastor preached this sermon, I never forgot it. What's in you is on you. And sometimes you got to look crazy. You got to look like that don't make sense. Look at everybody that followed Jesus. A lot of times it didn't make sense to others. Nehemiah on the wall. Nigga, that's that wall. <laughs> but that's the thing. Even with that scripture reference, 
Nehemiah was on the wall because he felt called back to his old land, his homeland. He felt called to finish a project of building up this wall. And people, that's the thing. This is a side reference. People will try to take you off your assignment, but you got to know that Jesus sent you back to do that. Whatever your assignment is, for those individuals who are essential workers, that's your assignment. Jesus put you on the wall. Do whatever you got to do to take those safety precautions. He's not going to leave you or forsake you. Those of you who, you know, you're still going to your nine to five, whatever that looks like, whether you are a retail worker, grocery store worker. I mean, you could be someone working from your home. Jesus is not going to put you in a situation and not give you the tools necessary to build or finish the assignment. That's what Nehemiah did. He was tested to see if he would let the naysayers bring him down off his assignment, if he would let the negative folks bring him down off his assignment. Somebody listening to me obviously needed to hear this, that you got to stay on the wall of your assignment and you can't come down until he bless you. You can't come down until you finish it. You can't come down until it is done. There are so many good examples. Nehemiah, that is a very good one. I look at uh, the the last two that I look at always is Peter and Job. That's 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 a good example of building up your that that should be a influence to build our faith to that level. I mean, because if you look at Job, Jesus. Jesus allowed the enemy to test Job. Go back to the beginning of the book of Job. Jesus and the enemy or the devil was having a conversation. And Jesus asked him a question. He said, what are you doing? And the devil said he's seeking to and fro who he can devour. He he was literally looking around like, who can I test? Because see, Jesus said that no weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that rise up against you shall be condemned. Jesus also said that, uh, I, Jesus has given us power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and power over the enemy, and nothing shall by enemies harm you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So, because of those two scriptures, whatever the enemy try to do, Jesus still got his hand on you. That's a word for somebody else. Whatever the enemy try to do, Jesus still got his hand on you. And we can dig into that another day. But in essence, what Quentin was bringing up with the book of Job is that when Job was tested, he was hit on every side. Have anybody listening to me under the sound of my voice been hit in every area? You got hit on your job, hit with your family, hit with your money, hit with your car. You just got hit. Every time you turn around, you got hit with your health. Somebody in your family got hit with a situation. You just felt hit. Mm. And, and, and I, I can speak from experience. I feel like I have gotten hit. <laughs> I mean, y'all, I, I got to keep it real, y'all. I mean, I feel like my name was Quentin Hit Baker. <laughs> you ever got those times where you just feel like, Lord, why is my middle name Hit? Have anybody felt hit in this season? But, but but what I I what I can say I have learned from even just that statement. I know we make fun of it right now and we're making it to a jokey moment. But 
what I learned is it is very important what you say, what comes out of your mouth. You can either speak life into your life and speak life into your situation, or you can speak death and darkness over your situation. That's true. You truly determine the outcome. outcome. Mm-hmm. It's like Jesus has done the work, but what are you gonna? Are you gonna do your part? Mm-hmm. Are you gonna fulfill his guide, his roadmap of the Bible? The GPS, <laughs> global positioning system. Or, or will you continue to go off route and continue recalculate? And that's the thing. This pandemic has recalculated some people because some people were literally off track. Some people were literally at the end of their rope. But I want you to know that can I just throw the realness out there real quick? I'm going to just drop something real. The stimulus check was somebody blessing. Mm-hmm. The pandemic being furloughed was somebody's blessing. Mm-hmm. Being able to just spend time with their kids was somebody's blessing. Everybody, I'm going to just keep it raw with y'all. This is not to offend, but this is real. This is reality. Some people were not hurt during the pandemic. Some people were healed. Come on now. I mean. Some people did not come out of this or, or, or come into it, right? Like with the right mindset. But God has even transformed people's thoughts to be better. And the news and the media will tell you about. The, the domestic numbers. the domestic violence rates have went up and the child abuse rates have went up. But they haven't told you how many restored marriages have happened. They mm-hmm. haven't told you how many restored families have happened. They're not going to tell you that. They are trying to paint a picture and an illusion. They're not even telling you about people restored faith. And, and the thing about media nowadays is I have a... a, a you know, it's far and few that you find good journalism. Mm-hmm. Good journalism brings true and fact. Mm-hmm. And it's it's hard to get that today. And um, I, I just can't really, as I'm thinking on it, she hit it. Like, some people have really been helped and not hurt through this situation. I mean... And it's hard to see it from both perspectives because a, a person that's been hit, mm-hmm. it's hard to see the help. Come on now. Sometimes you got to recognize that what was meant for your evil, God turned it around for your good. I'm telling you, that's real. Jesus took this situation for some folks. Come on now. And it was their blessing. And even myself, like, it's like just little, like, spiritual download moments. Like, I'm, I'm like, I'm trying to figure out what am I supposed to be doing? Like, I've, I'm working, I work hard, I work hard, but I don't, I, it's an emptiness. It's like I'm just working for money. And that's the thing. A lot of us just work for money. What's the purpose? If you can't find no purpose in what you're doing, if it doesn't connect with you, then it's just for money. Money can, will come to you. And I used to, it used to be hard for me to understand that money is a resource. Mm-hmm. 
But ultimately, you're supposed to be fulfilling your purpose. Mm-hmm. And if sometimes you don't right away fulfill your purpose, you have to get, you, you navigate to it. It there takes some time. Just like the Bible. It takes a lifetime to figure to get. <laughs> you don't just go from here, from North Carolina to Virginia in the Bible. You got to go all around all 50 states. And you might have to go more than once. And that's the thing about God's word. You know, it it meets you where you are. Mm-hmm. It meets you where you are. There's a scripture you can read today and it ministers to you in a place of pain. And you can read that same scripture and it ministers to you in a place of hope or a place of, of joy or a place of peace. So scriptures meet you where you are. You know, when Quentin read his scripture reference, of Proverbs 21, 31, that meant me like, wow, do your best, prepare for the worst, and trust God to get the victory. So, I mean, we really got to ride off that scripture reference today, guys, because you need to do your very best in the capacity and the hands that God has given you. Do your very best. You might not be a protester. Do your very best to educate your children in your house. You might not have children. Well, do your very best to be an advocate through um, helping petitions or helping to call up different uh, law enforcement agencies or different governmental agencies and being an advocate through those means. Like, you have the capacity to do your best or whatever that is. And guess what? Prepare for the worst. Not to, not to, have, not to say you don't have faith. But you still got to have wisdom. And that's what that statement means. Preparing for the worst is not saying you don't have faith. It's saying I have wisdom enough to know this can go another way. Hmm. When we when we prepare for a hurricane, y'all know on this side of the world, if you don't know, we in North Carolina. <laughs> we got to prepare on an annual basis. <laughs> so when you're preparing for the storm in North Carolina, for those that might be in the West Coast that deal with the fires, I'm going to tell you how we have to do it here. Mm-hmm. We go to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. So you get the bread, but the bread ain't going to last. That's the funny thing about storms. Everybody wipes out the bread, but it's not going to last. Mm-hmm. You have to, you can get things that last for the moment, mm-hmm. but ultimately you have to go for the dry foods and the canned goods and prepare for the worst. Mm-hmm. When you get the dry food, you're preparing for the worst. The worst possible scenario. Mm-hmm. We pray that it doesn't happen, mm-hmm. but we're going to trust God through the process and thank him for the revelation he gave us to prepare for the worst. Mm-hmm. And if indeed it is not the worst, we just got what? Stash for the next season. <laughs> right. So, you know, that's real. That scripture was so real. And um, I just, I just thank God for even this part of our podcast because I get excited about Jesus' word. It, it <laughs> look, it's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It illuminates the direction I need to go. It brings me out of darkness into the light. Somebody needed this because I needed this. So whoever's listening to this, tell God thank you that you made it out of your storm. Because if you listen to this podcast, even if you listen to it and you're in the middle of the storm, I want you to know that Jesus said these simple words, peace, be still. Say that over your storm. 
Peace be still. And as we get ready to close out, I want to um, encourage everyone. Most of us are still doing virtual church. We're doing church in a digital way. Um, nothing's wrong with that. I'm a true believer. We are true believers that the church begins within you. You are the church. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean don't attend church, don't attend church virtually. But ultimately, follow the word. Don't just ride off the coattails of the preacher. You dive into the word and dissect it for yourself. This is an encouragement to singles, but especially married people. Um, I think I, I'm, I'm encouraging me and Brianna right now as I speak that we do this more on a together basis because it's been quite a few times that when we read together that we're able to gain more clarity. Mm-hmm. He said where two or three are gathered in his name, there in the midst he will be. And his presence brings the fullness of joy. But his presence also brings clarity. His presence brings peace and understanding. So that's why you call upon the name of Jesus. So we hope that encourages you and your household and as you build your art in this season. As you prepare. Right. Prepare. Trust. And know Jesus got the victory. This has been another episode of Resilient Love. Peace and blessings. Thanks so much for listening to Resilient Love Podcast. We wanted to take this opportunity to also let you know that you can help us by committing to a monthly fee of $0.99, $2.99, or $9.99. Those contributions help us to keep this movement of resilient love going. Blessings to all listeners and subscribers. Thank you all. Resilient Resilient love. love.